0: Welcome to the Power of Being You podcast, where we interview people who are out in the world creating change by being authentically themselves. Come along with us as we discover tips and tools that you can use to shine your brilliance even brighter. I'm Sarah Grandinetti, and I'm excited to explore the power of being you. Welcome everyone to another episode of the power of being you podcast today. I have a very special guest. His name is Dr. Anthony Mattis. Say hello, Anthony. We want to hear your voice. Hello.
1: Hi everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a little bit about Dr. Anthony Mattis. He has been using the tools of access consciousness for the past eight years, and they have been basically changing his le- every area of his life. When he came to access, his wife of 10 years had recently passed away and he was raising three small children on his own. He was on his knees looking for answers. After studying every modality under the sun, he was so disenfranchised from the lack of success he had garnered from them that he was very apprehensive about the tools, but he started using them and got so much change despite his resistance that he couldn't deny their power. Eight years later, he travels the world, empowering people to know what they know. He invites you on this journey with him to greater possibility in a greater world. What if you are the gift and the change the world requires? What if... Yeah. So Tell me what you love about, about being on this side of that, because I know what we were talking about, um, what we were talking about talking about was, um, you know, how you don't have to let your past dictate your future. So if somebody would have told you back then, you know, when you lost your wife and you're raising the three kids and you were on your knees leisure, as we just read, um, if somebody would have told you that you were going to be traveling the world, empowering people to their greatness, what would you have said to them?
1: I would have been like, oh, wow, that, that I'm about to cry here. Um, I would have been like, well, that died when she died. Wow. That whole idea. Because, you know, even though that was like a, a dream that I had since I was a kid, um, when we met, when her name was Jessica, when, like, like, I thought she was my partner in crime. I thought that was something we were going to do together. You know, and it's funny because we kind of explored so many different modalities together. I mean, even though I, I came in into the relationship as a holistic chiropractor studying all these different tools and techniques. And she was like a yoga instructor. So she was sort of open to all these different things as well. And at that time we were studying like this metaphysical work Mm -hmm. and all that. And then we eventually had a guru from India and we did his practices. And then eventually we got into the church thing and the non-denominational Christianity. We prayed in tongues and went in the streets and laid our hands on people and prayed for healing. So she was like my partner in crime. And that was sort of like our target. Was to do that. So when she died, I'm like, how the hell is that going to show up? I have three little kids. I'm running a chiropractic practice. How am I going to travel the world, empowering people? <laughs> you know, so that that's all. And then it was interesting. If you ever watched the movie Mr. Holland's Opus, you know, it was like his um, uh, Richard Dreyfuss's character was like he wanted to be like um, conduct a symphony, you know. And so, but he, you know, he did the music teaching job gig for the short term so he can make money and feed his wife and his child and then you know 30 something years later he's still at the school right but then you know but he sees all these people come back to see how he's impacted them but it was at her wake at the church There must have been a thousand people that showed up and I thought I was going to end up being like Mr. Holland's opus like the you know Richard Dreyfus character like wow is this is this it? Is this, this is my moment to speak in front of hundreds of thousands of people and say something profound and it ends here. Like, so it it was like, it's like, whoa, and I'm still pinching myself. And I'll be honest with, there are moments where I'm like, when's it going to end? When's it going to be over? It's like too good to be true.
0: So Anthony, when you talked about, you know, you thinking that that was, it died with her, and yeah. you're looking out at your future, you have these kids, you have your Mr. Holland's Opus moment. Um, what do you get changed and shifted your perspective to know that there was still more to be created, still more life to have? Because I know that there are a lot of our listeners out there that think that that some determining or defining moment in their life is is limiting them. So what tools can you give yeah. them or what can you offer was your perspective when you started to look at that from a different place?
1: Yeah, there was a few things that sort of occurred. Like now, as far as like the traveling world, empowering people, I, I, I thought that if that was ever to show up, that it was going to come way later after the kids grew up and got out of the house. So I thought I was going to have to wait another 15 to 18 years, you know? Because, you know, at the time, my daughter was only three years old and the boys were 10 and eight. So, you know, I had a ways to go. And so, um, but I remember making a demand like that okay cool she chose what she chose um i not like like i looked at it as like a do over for me and i'm like i'm not going to let this be how i'm defined you know I and mean? because i haven't I, from my point of view i hadn't even gotten my life started yet because i was always aware that there was something that was possible that was beyond what this reality had always presented itself as but no matter what I did and what I tried, I could never really access it, you know. And and, and during all that time, I'm, you know, I, I was very insecure. I had a lot of low self-esteem. Uh, you know, I never, you know, I was told by lots of different mentors and stuff how much potential I had, but nobody could actually bring that out in me. And so when I started Access, it was actually more about maybe, you know, maybe I'm a lost cause. But I'm going to at least explore access, the tools of access for the kids. And maybe I could stop this generational curse thing of mental illness from being passed down to the next generation. Because on my wife's side of the family was like, everybody had like either schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or something. It was like nuts, you know. And then for me, it was more like just self-loathing. You know, that was like my biggest thing. And so, you know, um, when access came along I, I, and I brought the kids to the first class, the bars class, access classes, the bars, I just watched how much joy and ease it created. Just relaxed them. And I'm like, okay, this is worth its price of admission just to at least for them. And so, and then all of a sudden things started happening during the classes to me that like didn't happen with like any of the other modalities. Even though I had a lot of great experiences with the other modalities that I did, but they weren't like, they didn't like change my life. And so, so really like the first three years of access, I'll be honest with you, is more about just like, can you make my pain go away? <laughs> can you make my pain and suffering go away? And then it, it wasn't until like certified facilitators where um, I was like, holy shit. Like I got this huge awareness, it was like a download. It was like the heavens like kind of poured on me, so to speak. And I literally fell to my knees. I got on my knees on the pavement in Costa Rica and like, you know, they drive the cars and like, it was like everything just started um, to come alive. Like even, even the ground, like the pavement, even the, the trees and the animals, it was like all pulsating. And then this like immense gratitude uh, came over me. And I realized in that moment, that access is way more than just getting you through your troubles and your, and your pain and suffering, but there's actual like you, this this actually creates the space for you to access everything you've always known you could be, but for whatever reason, you weren't secure enough in being it, or you just didn't know how to like get there. If there's a getting there, like, you know what I mean? Because there is no getting there. It's in you. It's in there. The fact that you even think that there's something else is possible, that means it's already there. It's just a matter of cultivating that and accessing that, no pun intended. And so, No matter what I did before, it didn't do that for me. But all of a sudden, it was like, boom. And at that point is when I made a commitment. I had this big aha, like, wow, this is more than just your story. There's actual palpable magic. And you have access. Like, there's no limit to what actually can be created with these tools. And so I made a demand to be... Especially around Gary, because you know, Gary being a little bit older, I'm sorry, Gary, I was like, I need to be around him as much as possible because I don't know how long he's gonna be on planet Earth. You know what I mean? And so, and 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 um, you know, I know your brother Dane had a while to go because we were like the same age, you know. And and so I just made a demand to be around him as much as I possibly could. And then two months later is when the whole ASB thing showed up. The uh, the Anthony Synthesis of Being, which which comes from the universe that your brother created, the ESB, uh, uh, Energetic Synthesis of Being. And so where that whole invitation of me doing energetic sessions at the back of their classes, and I'm like, oh, my God. And it came from that demand to be there and go beyond just my problem, but like also, wow, what's actually available for me that will allow me to access all of me. And I'll never forget that day when that whole ASB thing showed up, Gary was like, listen, what you do as a chiropractor doesn't create the space for you to be all of you. And I'm like, how does he know that? And he's like, access does. And I'm like, how does he know that? And so, and that's sort of when everything sort of like exploded and and believe me, I found ways to, I don't wanna say destroy it but I definitely had that like you know, you know how you have like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder, kind of those cartoon yes, things. I do know that. <laughs> I definitely had like that devil on the one shoulder being like, dude, they just need more guys in access. Who are you kidding? You know, just I love to that your your
0: angels also call you dude.
1: <laughs> so do mine. <laughs> well, the angels are like, yeah, go for it. But then there was like that little devil thing that was speaking like way louder. And he was like, yeah. you know, was like they just knew more straight men in access, or they need yeah. more guys in access, they just feel sorry for you because you've been pathetic for so long and so i was like when are they going to say the jokes on you you know uh so can i ask you a
0: question about i want to ping back to you choosing your first access bars class to contribute to your children and how that's as far as you could see into the future at the time and you chose it Um, and then following the energy of the lightness that it was creating and continue to choose um like how much of that is that energetic journey and so that's question A. But question B is I'm also hearing like the heads of people out there going, you know, I'm a single mom of four kids. I'm, you know, I'm married to the nine and five job um, or I'm married to a sp- like all of the reasons and justifications as to like why you can't choose the next step. And what I saw is that you didn't choose to leap out and start traveling the world immediately you know, and leave your kids at home. What you did was you chose the very first thing that was available that created lightness. And so can you explore that energetic journey a little bit for anybody who's having that point of view that here's all of my list of why I cannot?
1: Well, being a parent, number one, we, we use that sort of as an excuse and a reason to justification, not to explore things outside of sort of like the normal family dynamic. So my point of view was, but I was always this way, whatever modality I study, the kids are coming, no matter what it was. So when we did the guru thing, they came, when we did the metaphysics stuff, they came, they were crawling around in diapers. So I never saw it as like something I needed to do outside of the children. You know what I mean? This was like, I didn't take my kids fishing. I took them to, access consciousness classes I took them to all like whatever journey I was on whatever journey their mother and I were on they were always a part of it so that was not going to change even when I became a single father and single parent and I was willing to get a call from the social worker at school with them saying your kids are missing too much school they've exceeded their absences and I was just like look I'm a single father I travel for business and I'm not leaving my kids home to be raised by someone else. They're you know, and so I sort of used sort of the whole situation as, as as leverage, and besides, they were still um excelling in school, so that made it a little bit easier, but they were a part of the journey, they were part of journey. Now, like when the whole like ASB thing showed up, I spoke I included my kids in the whole process. I'm like, hey, the guys asked me to do this, and they were already so much involved in access, they had met Gary already, they had met Dane already, they saw what. Gary and Dane were creating with access consciousness. And so when, when, when I'm like, Hey, how do you guys feel about, I'm not going to always be able to take you guys with me. Are you cool with that? And literally my older son, like reached over the table and he gives me knuckles. He's like, dad, you know, this like showed up for you. Do you get that? Like, he said that to me, like my own sons, he's like, they're like, go for it. And so I did. And when I could take them, I did. And, um, so I made sure I try to plan a lot of trips, like on holidays when they were off of school. And I just was like, they're coming whenever. And, you know, however that they can, and I'll tell you the money showed up because I used the money tools. I read the money books and those were the only books about money that actually worked for me. So it was like all the reason and justifications why I couldn't, I used the tools so that I could. (laughs) the tools actually friggin worked. And I actually also made a demand that I would never put one class on a credit card unless the money showed up because I put my family in so much debt, studying all the other tools and modalities. And, um, sure enough, the money showed up somehow. And it was like, really nothing, just like nothing short of a miracle, but I didn't use the kids as an excuse to me. It was like they were coming regardless and they loved it. They loved it. In fact, my second child, my, my, my middle child, Vincent, was like, we went to this entities class. They sat in the front row the whole weekend. They didn't move. They asked questions. He was only like 10 years old. And he's like, dad, we got to meet Dane next. We got to meet Dane next, dad. You got to get to that choice of possibilities class. And I was still studying some other modalities. And, and he literally said, dad, stop doing that other stuff. Take the money and let's go see Dane and Santa Barbara. And I'm like, no, I didn't listen to him. He ended up being right. I waited like six months later before. And he's like, you see, I told you, look how much your life has changed. So the kids were so much a part of the journey. And I wasn't gonna do this without them. That wasn't even like a thing in my mind that it would have to be separate. Now I was lucky. I, ha- I didn't have a nine to five per se. I ran my own business and the universe had my back. I'll be honest with you. I was using the money tool stuff And what ended up happening was an acupuncturist from Korea showed up in Bluffton, South Carolina, asking me to rent a room. And then his business exploded while my chiropractic business was deteriorating, but like he needed more rooms. And then he started paying for half the staff salary. So I'm like, okay, I'm taking this as the universe having my back so I can go explore this stuff. And then I had a massage therapist, same thing. She's like, I just drove by your office my body shook. Do you have a room to rent? I'm like, as a matter of fact, I do, you know? So it was like, everything was taken care of. And I know it was because of being in the question, using the tools. I thought it was going to show up by me increasing my chiropractic business. No, the universe had a different plan. It was other way. So it didn't show up like I thought it would. And, but that was okay. Cause I was recognizing what was occurring and I was acknowledging how the universe was rearranging itself so I can be where I am today.
0: Mm, I love that acknowledgement because you know how many of us have things happen and we call it coincidence or happenstance or by someone else's doing not actually acknowledging that our ask is rearranging and working with the universe to create I love that I want to take you back to the moment in Costa Rica where your knees hit the ground yeah and you started to see everything come alive around you now I know that you just became a being you certified facilitator yep and so when I saw that visually, because I when you talk I see things in pictures. Um, what I saw was like the space of being that came came to be, like the opening up of your being, um, yeah. and including including all the magic that you be and the yeah. gift that you can be to the world. And um, so if there are more words to that that you can put to, um, you know, what being you has changed for you what you know about that and how it does start to access all of this these things that are beyond this reality that this reality doesn't even want us to find
1: yeah well god that's a beautiful question and well for me personally you know one of that's all i ever wanted really like was even when I was a chiropractor, I remember talking to your brother about this too, is like the reason why we both chose to be chiropractors is because we thought we were aware of an energy. We were aware of this space of possibilities that we can create in other people's universes and not just for their bodies, but for their being too. And we thought that we would be able to access that through chiropractic and we we didn't. We found ourselves very frustrated because we had to sort of like function from this particular box. With access, there is really no, there is no box. There's no ceiling. And so, so one of my greatest joys that I've ever experienced professionally was when I facilitated an awareness in someone else about a capacity or a greatness that they had within them that they didn't even know. It was sort of like how ASB showed up. Gary's like, dude, you can do this. You have this. This is you. It's part of your being. And I'm like, what? And, and, and that's what brings me joy. And so, but what I found over the years as a chiropractor is like, a lot of people's body stuff, their pains in their body, their emotional stuff is because they're not being them. <laughs> they're frustrated with life, their marriage, their jobs. They do their jobs. They make their money. It's like a means to an end, but, but, it's bec- but they're not really like, doing their jobs in a way that allows them to be all of them. So they actually have to keep themselves in a box. And so what I, what I observed was that a lot of people's body issues had to do with this like unfulfillment in their careers, maybe in their relationships at home have dried up a little bit, whatever. And, And it's like, they're not accessing their, the essence of who they are. My first practice was called essence of life center, because that's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to like, bring out the essence in people because to me it's like what the fuck's the point of being here and doing this journey if if we're not having that on a regular basis and so what makes being you magical and really all of access magical is because there are a gazillion amount of tools available from every different angle to to create that space that so that you could actually access your very being and some of us like we may not even know what that is. And some of you may have an inclination, but you just don't know how to get there. But both are available. It's available to all of us to access really our being and the essence of who we are. And to me, when you have that, you have ease in your body, there's ease in your relationships. <laughs> it may create even more ease to maybe leave a relationship that's not you know, uh, working for you, whatever the, the case may be. But you know, so that to me, that's what i've seen and observed and i know with the tools of access i've seen it i mean i've been able to work with people all over the world when they start to access more of themselves everything in their life changes their money their body stuff their mental stuff their relationships
0: so i know you know when i start being you classes i'll often ask like um, people to describe themselves to me describe their being and they'll go to all of the definitions and all the roles so i'm a mom i'm a daughter i'm a sister i'm a brother i work at this job i you know have this relationship right. blah blah blah. and so and then in the exploration of the class we start to look at the fact that those definitions aren't actually your being those are the things you do but your right. being is something so much greater right. so anybody listening to this right now is like well hell then yeah. then Am I not being me if I'm awake, you know, so what,
1: um,
0: or like, am I not conscious sometimes. if I'm awake?
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes.
0: Um, so what can you tell us about what you know about when you're truly being you? What does that look like that can just kind of, um, you know, dingle a carrot in some in front of someone's um, world right now that's listening of like, hey, this is this is how you know when you're being you or where you you know can access the awareness of what being you, you know, Is like, can
1: you? God, there's so many different things. Um, When I'm not being controlling, I know (laughs) I'm being me. I'll tell you that when I'm not trying to force things to happen and to show up, um, you know, it's like when I'm I'm doing control, when I'm doing jealousy, when I'm doing like envy, but not like in a way like where you look at what someone's creating and you're like, I'd like to have some of that. It's okay to have that. But like when you do envy, to the point where you make yourself feel like a piece of shit, um, that's when I'm not being me. (laughs) Um, When I compare myself to people to make myself feel less, I'm not being me. When I stand in the mirror and I judge my body, I'm not being me. Because when I'm being me, being short doesn't matter. When I'm being me, someone having more money than me doesn't matter. In fact, I'm happy for them. When I'm being me, there's this sense of ease. It's like a surfer who's waiting for that, that amazing wave and he catches that wave or she catches that wave in such a way where it's just total ease. And it's like they're connected with like the earth and the wave and the board and their body. It's all sort of like, it's oneness. And so I know I'm being me when I'm in oneness. I know I'm being me when I'm not reacting to the madness that's going on in this reality but I see it as an interesting point of view. I know I'm being me when I don't hold back and I don't give a shit when people are judging me that I'm still, I'm still creating my life regardless of who comes along or not. I know I'll give you some simple examples of like, like, you know, just as a father, you know, and I know that's a definition, but it's like when I would just like hold my kids and I would hold them like that was me being me. It was nothing that I said, but it was just this, this space of holding your child and being like an energy. And there's nothing that you have to do other than just to be with them. And, you know, and like that would create ease in their world and you would feel their breathing pattern change and they, and this ease that would show up and a lot of times they would fall asleep when they were sick or uncomfortable or had colic or something. Like, I'm like, wow, because and I'm I, at the time I didn't know that. That was just me being me, right? But then when I got into access and I would like, let's say dance with someone, they would say things to me like, you're actually doing a session on me. And I'm like, I am? Well, why did they say that? Well, that's because I was just me being me. but that's the same energy I was when I was holding my kids when they had colic or something, you know what I mean? And a lot of times being you doesn't feel like anything, which is really annoying. Exactly. You want it yeah. to feel like this grand and glorious thing sometimes, you know, like, so, you know, when you're really being you, but sometimes it doesn't feel like anything because it's not a doing. It's not a doing. And I know some of the most magical times of my life was when I wasn't doing a damn thing or I wasn't thinking a damn thing. I was actually just being, And it almost, if you had to say, what does it actually feel like? Um, It's funny, because I just did a video just two seconds ago about it. But like, there are moments where like, I feel like I could put my fingers through my skin. Like, like my hand would, would, would go through my body onto the other side. That's when I know I'm being me. Because what is that? That's space. It's like, because we are the space between the molecules, you know, and so, So there's times in my life where I can perceive that. And I'm like, fuck, oh my God, I'm being me. So even if there's shit going on around me, it doesn't matter. It's weird. It doesn't matter. I don't find myself reacting to the shit like I would if I wasn't in that space. So...
0: What are, what are some of your favorite tools to get you back to you? Like when you, when you see yourself reacting or you're going into that control space or you want to, you know, limit something or stop something or, you know, whatever that is for you, what, what questions do you ask yourself or shall I say, what tools do you use, um, that we could give our listeners today that can be really simple for them to
1: start to apply to
0: those situations?
1: Well, you know, I've been saying this for the last nine years. And if they, if I had to give up every tool that I've ever learned in any modality, including access, but can only keep one, it would be access consciousness, the bars. Okay. When I'm not being me, when I'm reacting, when I'm being grumpy, when I'm being psycho, when I'm doing self-loathing, when I'm feeling insecure, whatever the case may be, like, you know, what's the point, you know, I'm, you know all that stuff. It's like, I know I need to get my bars right, which, which, which is, you know, a process where you gently touch these 32 points on your head and they deal with these bars of energy that run from one side of the brain to the next. And it, and, and, and these different points carry all the electromagnetic components and considerations, like in the areas of money, healing, sadness, joy, um, your body, body judgment stuff. And, and, and the list goes on and on. So for me, that right there is access consciousness, the bars, and anybody can learn it. You don't have to be in the healing profession. But to me, it's like a way of de-scrambling the brain and the insanity. That's, that's, that's one part. And then, and then we learn a lot of the verbal clearing. God, there's so many, I don't even know where to begin. I'll tell you, a lot of us have had abuse, right? Jesus, just even like, look, th- I read somewhere that we have at least like 1500 negative self thoughts a day. At least. At least. <laughs> okay, that's abuse right there. Yeah. So it's like we have, we have this abuse recording available. There's the abuse hold body process. And I think that's been such a magical resource for people who have had abuse. But we abuse ourselves every day with many different things. But who does this, or how does it get better than this? That was something that pulled me out of my grieving because I started access about nine months after the kid's mom died. And I'm like, I'm gonna really say, how does it get better than this? Like, really? This bullshit, this sucks, you know? And I wanted to go back to like my old way, but I'm like, I would do it. I would do it begrudgingly, begrudgingly. I'd be like, all right, how does it get better than this? Like, what else is possible here? And you learn from every religion out there, you ask and you shall receive, right? But nobody teaches you how to ask. Most people are like, okay, I want a new car. I want a new house. I want a new boyfriend. I want better sex. You know, like we'll do a laundry list. And it's like, oh, it's not showing up. No, but there are actually ways to ask. (laughs) There are ways to ask where you could activate the quantum entanglements in the universe and the universe will rearrange itself for you. And so I was like, okay, fine. How does it get better than this? And guess what? It started to. (laughs) And I had to acknowledge it. And then, oh, and that's another key piece too. What other tool? Acknowledge what is showing up in your life. Acknowledge what is right about your life. Keep asking what's, you know, what's right about my life that I'm not getting. And I would do that even though I didn't believe it in those moments. And then eventually, like, I started to believe it because things were happening to me, like, inside that were undeniable. And then, then you start to have a knowing, right? And then once you have a knowing, nobody can take that away from you, no matter who judges you. <laughs> You're like I it's cool. that.
0: Once you have a knowing, no one can take it away from you. And yeah. I love that the, the way you got there for us today is through acknowledging what is showing up and what things are opening and what spaces are becoming available by asking the question. Um, so, Anthony, on this podcast, did I ask everybody the same question and that is the show is called the power of being you if you were to write the show's description what would you say the power of being you is
1: oh what, <laughs> what would i say the power of being you is oh my gosh
0: the pressure
1: yeah mm-hmm. um it may not be linear so just freaking well please don't me, be
0: linear be you
1: yeah all right well yeah there you go so the the, god the power of being you is like i don't want to say it's a source of everything because like your awareness is a source of everything but it's like the power of being you creates this space where um god i don't even want to say like it's hard not to i don't want to say like where it creates a space for you to succeed in everything that you do but what it does is it creates these space of possibilities so that you can actually have ease in every aspect of your life. When, when the power of being you allows you to create however much money you would like to create. The power of being you allows you to have how much great sex you would like to have. And, you know, in caring and nurturing for your body. When, you know, when you're being the power of being you, the power of being you allows you to surround yourself from my point of view with people who will contribute to you. Okay, The power of being you allows you to actually not have your walls and barriers up, but to actually have them down so you have this space of vulnerability so you can actually receive everything, everything without a point of view. And when that happens, when you can receive everything without a point of view, you have access to all the mysteries of the universe for you to create the life that you desire. So to me, the power of being you is like, there's no limitations, there's no boundaries. And it's just, and it doesn't matter who, with the power of being you, it doesn't matter who's throwing stones at you. And it doesn't matter who's revering you because you're too busy creating your life from that space of the power of being you.
0: Um, mic drop. I it. That was a very good I don't know if that made sense, but that was awesome. Thank you. Um, so Anthony, if our listeners want to find out more about you, where can they find out? Where can they stalk you
1: at? <laughs> <laughs> they could I like being stalked. They could stalk me at uh dranthonymattis.com, ww.dranthonymatis.com. You can check me out there.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the power of being you. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the power of being you podcast. If this conversation has been a contribution to you, please share subscribe or leave a review for more information about being you or to learn more about the amazing tools of access consciousness. You can go to www.accessconsciousness.com. How much fun can you have exploring the power that comes with truly being you?